hotness. <laughs> Coming in hot. Yeah. We got waveforms cooking along. We got yeah. video working. We This is a professional podcast. We're doing That's it. That's right. Yep. It's definitely <laughs> not all going to crumble in a matter of seconds. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, last night uh, I woke up vet, like startled awake uh, by the... Like, I guess someone blew a fuse or maybe we had like a brownout or something like that. But like weirdly, my light like turned off and turned on. So I just woke up with like Mm -hmm. all like like the brightest light in my apartment was on uh, and it startled me. Like my fan was off and my light was on and I immediately went to like, who's in here? (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Such a dumb move. But I couldn't help it. Uh, you know, startled awake. What what what, mm-hmm. what am I to do? What am I to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, how you doing, buddy? How are how are you doing feeling? Doing all right. Doing all right. Nice. Doing all right. Nice. Oh, can you hear the leaf blower that's happening outside of my apartment right now? Oh, great, 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 great. You know, it's Los Angeles, so it's like leaf blower city. Mm-hmm. There's everyone and everything is moving as much dust and dirt around this city as possible, but no one's like sweeping it up no, or taking I mean, it anywhere. When- when we were out there, my family and I, we went to a specific location where we could have our picture taken in front of the hills that have the giant letters leaf blower mm-hmm. uh, cascading across yeah. them in giant white letters. Yeah, which is somehow it's more iconic. Yeah, it's busier than the Hollywood side and uh, much busier. Um, you want to do it? To do it. Let's Let's go for it. Welcome to the F1 Files, folks. This is our Formula One. Was that a question? You sounded very uncertain about that. Uh, I think this is our Formula One podcast. Welcome to the F1 Files. I think this is. Yeah. We were told we could come in and use this gymnasium for this, so we're just going to. Yeah. We're just going to do it. But we can a little uncertain. We we can fold up that banner. There's a catering van outside. I've got nothing to do with that. (laughs) He was he was sort of peeking in here, but yeah, yeah. It looked like there was a wedding cake in there. I don't know. We're doing it. Let's just do it, Corey. Let's do a Formula One podcast. Let's do our Formula One podcast. All right, we're 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 in it. We're we're doing it. This is our Formula One podcast. We're just a couple of best friends uh, who are Formula One fans uh, right here in the United States of America. My name is Corey Willis. I'm a writer, improviser, a comedian out here in Los Angeles, California. And this is John Lapore. I'm a creative consultant designing the future for film, technology, and automotive. Mm. Corey, what we 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 find ourselves still in the ongoing deep end of the off season. Yeah. Um, yeah. There there probably weren't as many fireworks going off in terms of like silly season stuff uh this week. No. But no. there's still some things that we want to touch on. Um just, you know, off the top of the head, what were some of the uh topics that you want to discuss today? Uh so there were a few things. There's the kind of the engine leaks that uh Red Bull and Mercedes and Ferrari have been putting out, just what they've been doing to develop their engines uh over the course of the off season, not their aerodynamic uh, design, but the actual engine design. And then we had a little bit of a shakeup with 
the FIA. We've got uh, a new sporting director up there at the top uh, to kind of solidify that management structure. So those are the couple of things that popped up on my radar. But Johnny, you've got some... Yeah, yeah, I've got a little bit of uh, in Johnny's trash corner. I've got a little <laughs> bit of uh, oh, some... It's some random, <laughs> yeah, some random, uh, some random garbage that's been floating around the trashier side mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. Uh, of F1 gossip this week. Um, Corey, where where do you want to start? Uh, I figure let's start with the relatively new, relatively boring news here. Uh, uh, no, no disrespect to this man, but I, I don't, I don't know him. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know who he is. I don't know anything really about him uh, other than what I like wikipedia uh so this is steve nielsen he was the uh the f1 uh working on the f1 side under stefano domenicali uh uh working on like some of the rules and regulations and sporting side and he is now moving over to the fia uh to become the new sporting director so he kind of takes on what used to be known as the race director position, I think like they've shuffled around. Okay, their I was, yeah. I was, I was just going to ask you, what is the difference between the sporting director and the race director? Uh, so I, I did a little bit of a, like, I like, uh, again, did a little bit of Wikipedia uh, and uh, also looked up what the FIA's official release was about this. So uh, Steve Nielsen just, will just sorry, sorry. I just yeah, yeah, for yeah. for for those just listening to the podcast, I want you all mm-hmm. to know that as Corey says, I did a little Wikipediaing on this. It's almost like in Pulp Fiction when the briefcase is open yeah, and yeah, that yeah. bright white Wikipedia page comes up on his screen and his face <laughs> is flooded with this angelic illumination mm-hmm. of, of the, the... So, Corey, you have access to all the information in the world. I do. Uh, what, what does I that also, tell you about I, this? I also uh, ceremoniously <laughs> placed a Band-Aid on the back of my head, uh, mm-hmm. just just <laughs> below my uh, <laughs> where, <laughs> where my hairline Beautiful. sits. Uh, I so love it. I love it. <laughs> we've got... Uh, Steve Nielsen will join the FIA as sporting director, who is responsible for overseeing all sporting matters, including the ongoing development of race control and remote operations center center spelled you know the european way with the <laughs> yes r e instead of er uh as well as future updates to sporting regulations so it sounds like he's basically taking over the position uh where there were two race directors i can't remember what their names are uh they're still with us they're just not the race directors anymore so they mm-hmm. are now there's they've kind of figured out a way to be like, hey, we need more consistency from race weekend to race weekend. So we're going to have a sporting director oversee uh, the implementation of the regulations race by race by race. So this right. will hopefully become a little bit more consistent uh, with the way that the races are handled every week. Uh, like last year with that Monaco debacle with the idea that like they weren't like they're not going to race when there's too much rain on the track. Uh, and then the following weekend, they I can't remember if they had a different guy in the next weekend. But basically, there were like race weekends where there was rain on the track and they were very inconsistent with the way that yeah. they uh, decided when the race should start. So hopefully yeah. there will be something a little bit more consistent with him. Um, he comes from like he literally drove like a catering truck for f1 out of college like that's 
that's where this guy comes from. So as far as like being involved <laughs> with the sport, this dude has worked for Scuderia. He worked for Williams. He worked for Caterham back in the day. Uh, and then before that, he quite literally was driving catering trucks and being part of the support staff for F1. So I have a lot of faith in someone who's that steeped in the culture moving from Formula One over to the regulation side. So that makes me feel a little bit better about so many things, including the idea of like cracking down on uh, any political speech, because that's that will yeah. fall underneath his purview. So there's a good chance that that won't be as venomous uh, or as, you know, a- as constricting as initially thought. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I really have on this guy. Uh, he's been a part of F1 for a long time. Uh, Stefano Domenicali wrote him like a glowing review being like, hey, this guy is he's leaving us, but we're very happy with the work that he did here. And he's going to serve the FIA very well. So we'll see. We will see. Um, all right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, uh, interesting to note, you know, in terms of like having someone to bring a little bit of consistency or continuity. I think uh, Gunther Steiner made some remarks this past mm-hmm. week, just talking something along the lines of like, yeah, well, I hope, I hope this brings you know some of this stuff in in line because it's been absolutely all over the place. Yeah, uh, and obviously he's not the the only person frustrated with what we saw with with some of that very inconsistent decision making last season. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so that was kind of, that's kind of like the the boring part. That's like the uh, the house cleaning uh, part of this episode. Uh, mm-hmm. But then the rest is just going to be us speculating and talking and uh, ru- rumor control. Uh, it's basically what, what the rest of this is going to look like. Uh, oh yeah, we didn't mention the race calendar has been solidified too. We've got, it's been it's been solidified yeah, and in a little in scariest of scare quotes uh, solidified. Y- yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. Ugh. It's it's been solidified. It's a little bit awkward now without mm-hmm. the Chinese Grand Prix. We have yeah. effectively now a new off season in the middle of the season. That's middle uh, of the season. Month- it's three weeks in. It's yeah, between yeah. the third and fourth round. There's a month yeah. break. Yeah, it's wild. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what that does for, you know, that's a good, I guess, time for everyone to have three races to kind of size up each other's developments mm-hmm. and then have a month of tinkering and see what everybody can come back with. But yeah, uh, we and we had talked about this uh, weeks and weeks back when the the Chinese race was scrubbed from the calendar. And I think at that point we were speculating, oh, maybe they'll shift, you know, one race mm-hmm. a week later, one race a week earlier. No changes have been made None. along those lines. And so we have, yeah, we have a big old, big old gap in kind of act one of the season. So yeah. uh, a little, little unfortunate, but it is, it is what it is, I suppose. And I think this kind of comes in concert with uh, something that I got a kick out of seeing, yeah. uh, making the rounds on social media. Yeah. This is which very much was... in your wheelhouse, Johnny. I love this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> So this was, uh, I believe it was uh, Josh Marsh, who is Barista Josh F1 on Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, used, uh, you know, Google Earth or some similar platform to make a simple animation of an airplane flying around the globe, traveling from one race 
to another in the sequence in which they unfold, uh, which effectively just outlines that like when you see a plane leapfrogging around the globe in a completely bizarre sequence of jumping from continent to continent with almost no rhyme or reason with the mm-hmm. blue line following this aircraft, like turning the globe almost into like a rubber band ball yep. of, of just needless uh, excessive travel. Yeah. Um, this is, I mean, when they can straighten this out, which, so we know that the FIA is interested in at some point, it could be as early as next season. I wouldn't be surprised if it's the season after. But it has been alluded that they are going to reshuffle the order of races to basically make the travel and logistics a little more streamlined. And I can right. tell you, when they do that, like the the gains that there will be from a sense of like efficiency and just general damage to the ozone layer will greatly outpace whatever they're doing with, you know, batteries and hybrid systems in these cars, like literally like they could go to uh, V12 engines running on chainsaw mix fuel, you know, and, and it would still be, if, if they were just not doing this in this out of order leapfrogging around the globe, the sport would already be more efficient that Mm -hmm. way. Not to mention it would be easier on the teams. It would be easier on like the families of the teams because mm-hmm. like the flot like we literally call and by we I mean race fans and people who are fans of Formula One, the tail end of the season, there's like the silly season when drivers' contracts are kind of up mm-hmm. in the air. And then quite literally as we're like in the midst of silly season, we enter what we call flyaway season. So there are just literally races where it's like, oh, yeah, we just race for a weekend and then fly to the other side of the planet and then race for a weekend and then fly to the other side of the planet and then race for a week. So it just becomes this nightmare at the end of the calendar when everyone is already like completely worn out. They've used so much carbon. They've used so much fuel. These people's families like kids have been born. People have missed like child's birth. People have missed birthdays. Uh, And then they're just literally like globe trotting as a circus of thousands of people flying back and forth and back and forth and back and forth uh for like the last six races of the season it's so stupid um it's so stupid and i you're right they could go to v12s john they could literally go back to v12s and it would be yeah. more efficient yeah I, I don't understand i don't understand why they there's, do it there's <sighs> yeah I mean, I understand. It's money. It's contracts. Everything is tied up in contracts. The, uh, there's There are like holidays that are happening because this is an international sport. There are several incidents where there are holidays. Like I know that the Canadian Grand Prix has to be a certain weekend because there's a holiday that follows or is preceding the weekend. So they can't move that around, which then throws everything into flux. Not to mention all these other countries have their own national holidays that they don't want to move around or disrupt uh, with a literal traveling circus. Do you think it would make it uh, easier or harder for the drivers in terms of like their circadian rhythm, like their like sleep patterns and schedules and whatnot, like for them to just be scrambling it every other week or for it to like have like a two month period where it settles into a general rhythm and then is disrupted for another two month period. 
I mean, I think for driver health and sanity, it is better if we lumped these races together. However, I mean, we're not in the business of making sure that our drivers are like perfectly happy all, and yeah, safe it's all, and I mean, comfortable. That, in, in theory, that should be the least of their of, the, of their challenges that they're yep. facing when operating uh, spacecraft inches off of the ground. Yeah, um, with, uh, with nineteen other spacecraft full of like <laughs> sleep deprived, uh, <laughs> testosterone filled twenty year olds. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh. It, it, it makes things maybe a little more interesting. Um, yep. Maybe, maybe. I say maybe with like a big like, oh, no, it's it definitely makes things more interesting when nerves are frayed and people are tired and out of sync and missing their families. Yep. It makes the sport more interesting. Uh, the batteries are the batteries are dying on Toto's headset. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Ah, well, uh, speaking, speaking of Toto. We do have some <laughs> updates. Uh, so uh, we do that that whole, the, the ball of, of red yarn and the thumbtacks uh, should be put into maybe like, uh, maybe not a museum, but maybe like a gallery display uh, because uh, Toto himself did say, hey, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibilities that Eventually, I won't be able to contribute as much uh, as the team principal. Mm -hmm. And hey, if James Valls has like a ton of experience at another team as a team principal, you know, maybe he could come back. So Toto himself. So, so like Corey, you're picking up a thread that we were discussing from last week, uh, yeah. which was around um, the the technical lead at Mercedes jumping ship to go mm -hmm. and work at, at uh, Williams as their team principal. That's a huge yeah. promotion. Nice little upgrade for him. Um, and we were speculating that this was Toto playing a little 4D chess of, yeah. uh, you know, uh, sending him out. And and I believe Toto's exact comment when questioned about this was like, oh, you mean you think I am, you know, sending him off to boot camp at, yeah. uh, at, at Williams? Um, yeah. which, which I thought was delightful. Um, and so he's, he's partially owning up to it. You say a little bit. I mean, he's basically leaving the door open for that as yeah. a possibility, like in, in the interview, I can't remember who interviewed him, but he basically was saying like, Hey, we want him to have a long and successful career as a team principal at Williams. We do want mm -hmm. that for him. However, if my responsibilities as this like shareholder, he's a Mercedes shareholder. So he, and he's a formula one shareholder. Like he has a lot of scope and he may not have the energy. Eventually he may eventually run into a situation where he's like, you know what? I'm hurting the team more than I'm helping the team and I'm hurting Mercedes and I'm hurting F1 more than I'm helping F1 or Mercedes. And maybe it's time for me to take a step back. So he's admitting that that is maybe what is like that. That's like a contingency is that James Vowles might come back, but he's like, that's not what we're doing. We're not doing this deliberately. We're just doing this as a way. Everything's working out. He wanted to become a team principal. I'm the team principal here. I'm not stepping down now. One of our customer teams had a position open, so we sent him out there, right? So it makes sense, and it was kind of confirmed. So uh, you and uh, you and your buddy James uh, can can celebrate uh, in this. 
Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, James had had already sent me a, a message with a link to the article. Yeah, sure you know, basically, uh, you know, un uncorking this. So, Being like, oh, it's uh, happening! Yes. It's happening! It's um, this is this is it. And I lo I love like Toto's sort of like cheekiness around mm -hmm. this. I just imagine you know someone proposing like, oh, is this what you're doing? You're sending them to blah blah blah, and him just like looking, being like, that is a brilliant idea. Yeah, I'll be thank sure you for giving that to, to review that with the rest of my organization and then flashing a big grin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That like giant Austrian uh, grin. Um, oh, he also in that same interview, he was also mm -hmm. talking about like he's like kind of fallen back into the same Toto where he's like, hey, you know, look, I, I want to manage our expectations. I think that we have like a decent car this year. However, if we were at the same place last year as Red Bull, you know, Red Bull being a half a second ahead of us, like there's a good chance that we are going to start a little bit behind the the front runners. And this, if if you haven't been paying attention to Formula One for more than like three years, uh, then this would seem like, oh, wow, Toto's being like very conservative. He's being like very yeah. like he's not he's not counting his chickens before he's, you know, they're, they're hatched. This is what Mercedes has been doing. This is what everyone rolls their this eyes is at. A, this is a patented technique. I have already seen yeah. from the same article, I've seen other like posts and clickbaity titles where mm -hmm. like literally taking the same quote and one outlet saying like, Toto cautiously optimistic that Mercedes a serious threat this season. And then like the other, the other outlet saying like Toto tempering expectations around, you know, yeah. Mercedes, have they still not figured it out yet? You know, yeah. And, yeah. and whatnot. So it's uh yeah, good, good job. Uh, good job, Toto. I love uh, your, you know, uh, I guess it's some form of diplomacy that he's, yeah. putting out there into the world but uh yeah I'm, I'm i'm eager to see him riled back up and you know mm -hmm. throwing stuff around the the pit lane garage um let me let me open up uh johnny's trashy corner yeah, over put, here yeah, for yeah. <laughs> for a few a few bits of garbage while we're on the topic of toto uh so uh yeah you had already mentioned there so there was this big interview with uh the times i don't know if it was the times or the sunday times uh, mm. a big british outlet i actually don't know maybe one of the brits out there can inform me as to whether or not this is like an actual publication or one of the like notoriously trashy uh you know sort of tabloids yeah. which to me in in the uk almost masquerade a little more successfully as real news um yeah. so uh a couple a couple things came up in here toto starting to lay the groundwork for like hey we're we're about to head into contract negotiations with with hamilton um probably not much to really cover there i think there's already wild speculation but to me yeah. it's like who 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 really knows what's going on behind the scenes with that yeah. At this point, um, there was a a the quote that I think ended up being like the the biggest like takeaway headline was uh, Toto taking a shot at Christian Horner and oh, yeah. declaring that he lives in Christian Horner's head rent free, <sighs> and that like you know when he was being asked about him, he was like, "Listen, I live in his head uh, rent free." I don't even think of him at all, you know, uh, for me to, to, uh, what does he say? He says, every second that I spend on talking about Horner is a waste of time in my yeah. life. Yeah. And, uh, <sighs> now, now again, you know, Toto covering all angles, 
Mm -hmm. Uh, In reflection of this, there were a bunch of people that brought up a previous article, which uh, I I had not heard before, that is blissful uh, to me. This is so Toto uh, says that he coaches everyone on his team to figure out who is at a parallel position on their most rival team. Okay. And to figure out who that person is and then keep a, a photo of that person on your desk at all times, like frame that photo, put it on your desk and have that to, to stare at. I uh, says, uh, with the people I work with, I see a photo uh, again and again. That's good. It's called enemy. Be- it's called enemy building. It's enemy building, and it's a strong psychological weapon. Oh my god! What and a I thought psycho. I thought this is I thought what? I thought that was amazing. I thought that was just beautiful. That like you know it's it's yeah not the worst idea you know no no, uh, and he can contain multitudes. Also, the idea of like leaving a picture. He's like, oh no, I don't I don't carry that picture around with me inside. I keep it in my wallet. I keep Christian Horner's picture yeah, in yeah, my yeah. wallet next to my it's next the, to my it's the wallpaper picture. on my phone. It's the wallpaper on my phone and uh you know. Oh my god, what a what a weirdo. To see oh. to see Christian Horner's photo on your desk and to see him crumble before you and to hear the lamentations of the women. God, um, it's truly yeah, it really is some Arnold uh Arnold right there. Um yeah, he's uh he is a character for sure um and he does do that thing where he like goes back and forth between being so happy to engage with christian horner and red bull and all the nonsense that they have to deal with back and forth and then also being like no i don't even like like the the uh the john ham move from Mad Men of like yeah i don't think of you at all that's such a calloused move and it does play on christian horner's like insecurity and his need to be like bigger than his britches so Mm -hmm. i think it's great i think i i I love the return of like talking toto i love the the return of of like graceful talking toto not Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. not like screaming um you know uh and like pointing viciously at the camera like that toto i do not enjoy that toto i'm a little like hey you're a big scary austrian man uh big scary austrian men should not be like yelling and pointing at things uh, like that um but when he like gracefully and nonchalantly will just like throw the most shade at christian horner i love it I love it. I love um, both sides of it. I, to me, you need mm-hmm. both. I need to see someone who can do this like super composed, uh, you know, uh, chess move on mm-hmm. the table. And then like when things get really tense, he just like flips the whole chess board yeah. over and yeah. freaks out. Uh, well, I, I love it's, it. And it's in direct contrast to Christian Horner where he is so buttoned up and so like insufferably british i'm sorry to our british listenership but he is what so many of my british friends like love to take the piss uh out of their own culture and christian horner it like embodies british culture uh and just like the like regalness and the senseless classism uh the horse's ass of it all if you will uh so i do 
I do appreciate both sides as well. It's just that Toto scares the shit out of me sometimes. <laughs> I, like mm-hmm. genuinely, I'm like, uh, I don't like, I don't like that. That feels scary to me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know. Uh, so, oh, during this, so during this interview, there was some some things. Uh, there were some things that were touched on, uh, and. Part of it is that he was saying that they are sticking with the no, the you know, the zero pod concept, uh, but they mm-hmm. are working on some other redesigns. And no, I haven't seen anyone talk about this specifically, uh, but I think that there's a good chance, not just in addition to the redesign of the underfloor uh, of the Venturi tunnels, but I think that what Mercedes is probably doing is mimicking what Red Bull did with their push rod, pull rod suspension system. Uh, they're probably mm-hmm. swapping that out and going, uh, going with, what is it? I guess a, uh, a pull rod in the back would that, or a push rod in the back that would like leave more room for uh, those like Venturi tunnels and the, the diffuser. So, I think that Mercedes is working on a suspension redesign. I think that's probably what we're going to see when the new car rolls out. Uh, and I mean, Corey, this is all, do you, does this all circle around anti-porpoising? Uh, I think that it does. I think that, well, it was, it was talked about, uh, I think maybe by James Allison uh, a week or two ago where they were like, oh, we know exactly what went wrong with the Mercedes. Like we know we, we unpicked, uh, that whole thing and figured out exactly what the problem was. We're not going to tell you what it was, mm. but we know that a specific data point was misinterpreted and it changed the way that we designed the car. And that design of the car not only led to uh, increased porpoising, but when they sorted out the porpoising, if you, I mean, I know you remember this, and if anyone else remembers yeah. this, uh, where like Lewis was experiencing track strikes so severe that he could barely get yeah. out of the car. So it wasn't just the porpoising, it was the actual track strikes, uh, the the undercarriage yeah. of the car slamming into the ground because the ride height was so low. So I think that it may be dealing with the porpoising. I think that that might be part of what the regulations are going to deal with, with that like increase of 10 millimeters in the ride height of the cars. I think that will kind of sort out the porpoising. And then mm-hmm. I also think that the undercarriage redesign and potential suspension redesign will all but eliminate the track strikes uh, that, that Mercedes were, were experiencing. So, yes, it is part of the porpoising, but no, it's not. You know what I mean? Like, it has something mm-hmm. to do with it, but not. it's not entirely redesigned to eliminate porpoising. I think porpoising is just going to be a problem with these cars. That's just the design of these cars if you mess it up, you will experience that. So mm. we'll see. Mm. Um, yeah. I'd like yeah. to think that in the way that like McLaren has built a whole separate business around McLaren applied technology where mm-hmm. they're taking a lot of their insights from formula one and, you know, applying it to all sorts of industrial uh, uses, including like they're going to be supplying uh, the, they're going to be continuing to supply the ECUs to every mm-hmm. team. Mm-hmm. I'd like to think that like Mercedes could somehow capitalize on this porpoising and like come out with like a line of like mattresses that they sell or something like yeah, that, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. And be like, uh, you know, you've yeah. never had a you've never had a mattress that can develop a porpoising rhythm. 
mm-hmm. like these. It is, yeah. it is proof. It's totally proven. It blew a whole chance of getting a championship for us. Mm-hmm. But these it, like, things counteracts <laughs> snoring somehow and counteracts like sleep apnea. Like it's like actively adjusting itself <laughs> to eliminate that. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I was thinking more that it that it enhances the track strikes. Oh, you know, okay. you know, you know, you know, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, We're talking sex stuff, baby. Uh, <laughs> uh, so one, one last thing, uh, or I guess uh, kind of two last things here with Mercedes uh, and that interview. Uh, there is reportedly a, a six horsepower increase in the Mercedes mm-hmm. engine output, which should put them on par with Red Bull. They were about 10 horsepower down from Red Bull last year. Uh, so ideally, that will eliminate that deficit. And apparently that deficit has been eliminated through uh, Patronus or Petronus, however you decide to say it. Uh, that is their fuel lubrication system. It's their title sponsor. It's like what you see, mm-hmm. Patronus AMG. It's the green strike uh, or the green strip that you see on the Mercedes from year to year. Uh, they are they were one of the reasons Mercedes was so successful during the hybrid era because they figured out how to nail the fuel, um, how to nail the fuel combustion uh, with these additives, and apparently. Patronus has come back and been like, oh, yeah, because we're you're using these fuels that are different, that are lower combustion fuels. Uh, they combust at a lower, uh, I guess, at a lower temperature, which eliminates some of the carbon and all that stuff. Uh, the idea is they have additives that basically eliminate that, uh, <laughs> work against that. So supposedly they've gained 16 horsepower, uh, and it's only through patronus additives it's not hmm. through engine development it's not through any sort of efficiency models or anything like that so that was really impressive to hear that just their fuel systems have mm-hmm. increased their horsepower um so who knows what the engine because the engines are kind of frozen now and reliability yeah. is the only way you can fix your engine and mercedes is categorically the most reliable engine on the grid so mm-hmm. they had to find a way um uh, elsewhere but uh a couple of the other teams have increased their horsepower i mean apparently and this is bananas this is maybe why yeah. uh bonato was talking about ferrari being a bomb uh right before he left but <laughs> they're saying that <laughs> ferrari <laughs> has the potential the new ferrari motor because they had to shore up uh, the turbo issues um, because the, the engines were basically detuned last year because the turbo was too powerful. This new technology that they implemented with the turbo was literally making the engines run too hot, which is what we ended up seeing uh, happen to Carlito's <laughs> uh, engine. Uh, mm-hmm. I think at like the, at the Red Bull ring, I think was where that, that engine blew up. Uh, yep. But basically, they have fixed those reliability issues, uh, managed the turbo, uh, whatever it is. It's like a turbo or it's like uh, a jet engine intake system, basically, I think is what they technically call it. Uh, It's like a turbo inlet jet or something. But they manage that, fix that, and now they've got a boost of 30 horsepower from last year. Mm. So not not just that... Because their car was already very fast last year. If you look at mm-hmm. their them in testing, 
that first day in Bahrain, they were like, oh, oh, this is why we were so excited when we saw Ferrari last year. We we're like, oh, Ferrari's back uh, because their engines were so much more powerful than everybody else on the grid. But they had reliability issues now that they've sorted that out and through reliability sorting, they've added an additional 30 horsepower. So if Ferrari is saying that they have a car that is a full second faster than what they brought last year, which is like, mm-hmm. that doesn't happen, folks. Cars do not gain one second. That, that's over the course of a season through development, sure, a second could be gained, but it's usually gained back. This is a gain, an outright gain of a second is what they're claiming. So I think, again, that's why Bonato was like, yeah, Ferrari's got a bomb. Like, our engine is so much better than it was last year. But I don't know. What do you think, John? What do you. What are, what are your thoughts on Ferraris overhyping their own engine? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, you just said it. I mean, it does feel like <clears throat> they're basically like, you know, they're they're literally like, look at everybody. Like we, you know, we were first on line at the, you know, uh, sneaker boutique mm-hmm. to get the, the most coveted item. Uh, check it out. We got it. We just put it on. We're walking out, mm-hmm. and uh, they're just gonna step in shit immediately. Yeah. Just an immediate pile. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just and like yeah. not like not like normal shit, but like radioactive shit that like mm-hmm. starts to eat away at like not it just the soul. Sh- but the it might upper. be yeah. shit that has like a nail in the middle of yeah, it that yeah, goes yeah, through yeah. the bottom of the shoe and like hits their foot, and they're like, "We stepped in shit." We ruined $500 <laughs> sneakers, yeah. and we now have to go get a tetanus shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is... And there's a good chance we have a blood infection because that nail yeah. did have rust and on it. Uh, so... And we slept and we slept outside <laughs> last night in front of this store in order to get to this, uh, to this point. <laughs> so our immune Jesus. systems are already real, real weak. Uh, yeah, I think Ferrari may be <sighs> overhyping themselves a little bit, but we'll see. I, I, I mean, that's the beauty of this is we will see. Um, yep. And if they fail spectacularly... I hope they don't. I hope they don't. It just seems that right. You know, of course, it, it 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 won't be anywhere in between, which to me is great because either way, either Ferrari coming out and uh, kicking ass uh, to me would be very entertaining, and yes. to see them, uh, you know, come out and trip over their own dick exactly. as they have the propensity to do. Like you know. somehow they've tied their shoes together and managed to like do the bunny ears, but like cinch their balls in like all up in that and then they're like <laughs> um, so it's yeah it's it's a dick trip but like they're tripping over their balls not even their own dick. yep yeah yeah uh, i forgot that because we're talking about ferrari this also includes uh, uh clown mm-hmm. shoes and balloon animals exactly uh, well. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. anything's right. possible um, uh, but Lord then Red Bull, la- last little bit of uh, of engine news here is Red Bull has reportedly increased their horsepower uh, by 10 as well. So hmm. uh, it's the great equalizer. Um, and there was the, the rumor that Red Bull was starting to put heavier components back onto their car at the end of last year, which is why you saw not only the other teams catching up. Hmm. Uh, but you saw literally George Russell winning a race at the end of the season uh, was mm-hmm. because Red Bull had pretty much been like, "Uh oh, we are going to get destroyed by the cost cap violation. 
So we have to yeah. shut off development now. We've already won the championship. We've already got Max in there as the driver's champion. Let's just shut it down, kind of coast for the rest of the season. Uh, but now they've supposedly worked on uh, through like the reliability loophole. They've uh, added an extra 10 brake horsepower to their engine, uh, which Alpine uh, immediately started protesting. They were like, hey, wait a second. Mm-hmm. If these all if if Mercedes is getting more horsepower and they had the most reliable engine on the grid last year with like one retirement from Lewis Hamilton the last race of the season, uh, if that's that doesn't seem right, uh, and then Ferrari's got more horsepower and it's like, well, Ferrari had their engine blow up like they had the most problems. They suffered grid penalties and everything. So Alpine was like, eh, okay, sure, Ferrari, sure, but Red mm-hmm. Bull. Why is Red Bull gaining horsepower? Why is Red Bull using that clause, that loophole to gain a further yeah. advantage? Eh, it feels a little, it feels gross, but this is how the rules work, folks. They're doing it's it. It's that Red Bull catering, baby. Yeah, yeah. And kudos to them. Honestly, kudos to them. I'm not going to hold any sort of grudge or be like, oh, well, they cheated their way into a championship. You know what? Mercedes have done some pretty shady things in the past as well. And I've been very quick to be like, well, whatever, it's okay. Uh, So I'm okay with this year, with this past year, with Red Bull winning a championship. I will have no problem with Red Bull winning this past championship. I won't even classify it as a cost cap championship. I'll, I'll stop doing that. Uh, I'll never relent on the uh, 2021 championship, though. I'm, ne- I'm never going to stop questioning that. Lord, Lord have yeah, mercy. Yeah, but uh, we're two years. We're like almost two years away, so we should probably get over it. But I won't. I refuse. To- to- Toto <laughs> in that same interview, Toto had like mentions like, yeah, no, it's still, it's still, it still destroys me. How could it not? How could it not? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's uh part of the Toto headphone meme. Uh, is uh, is him destroying headphones, you know, uh, repeatedly because of Michael Massey's decisions that ultimately led to the Red Bull Championship. All right, uh, that's, enough of that. that's enough of that. Uh, Johnny, what else? What else? What else? We got? What else? Uh, what other? What other oh, trash? I got, I got one last. Yeah, I got yeah. one last piece of trash yeah, in my yeah, in yeah, my yeah, trash yeah, bag, yeah, yeah, yeah. which uh, is it's my understanding that mm. uh, Nikita Mazepin's father mm. is currently on the lam. I believe from Italian authorities. I uh, uh, my understanding was he was holed up in in Italy most recently, and they went looking for him. Couldn't track him down. His, uh, I believe, his two yachts have I gone was, yeah, missing. His like right. his two like mega mega yachts are nowhere to be found uh, and whatnot. Because I think they were coming to you know the uh, uh, repo man was coming to collect those and, mm-hmm. and whatnot, as mm-hmm. happened with all Russian oligarchs uh, yeah. at, at the start of last year. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, he's, uh, he's kind of missing, uh, and, huh. uh, you had told me something else that was kind of, uh, whimsical, uh, I will say, uh, yeah. So there was, uh, oh, oh, also to go back, um, I had mentioned that Pantera was, uh, was run by a Chinese venture capitalist. That's not the truth. Pantera Asia is a company that is not 
started by a Chinese businessman. There is another Chinese businessman who has, I can't remember what his name is now, but he is also exploring uh, the idea okay. of starting up an Well, I've been hearing about Pantera being possibly, you know, one of the other... One of the other, yeah. Uh, in theory, sort of secret contenders for... Yeah. A, a team in, so, in formula one yeah they're still very much in the running it's just not i i had conflated the two uh so just that 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 minor correction there um that may never matter because they may never become f1 teams they neither of those companies or those people may start up f1 teams uh but there was a rumor that uh i don't even what's what's daddy mazepin's name i don't even remember what it is it's God, I forget. Um, but he apparently was trying to start up his own F1 team as well. He was uh, had opened up an exploratory committee uh, in to uh, having an all Russian um, F1 team, which is like, again, they are not going to let Russian drivers drive in, in Formula One as long as they're trying <laughs> to invade and uh violently take another country uh they're just not that's f1 is not going to do it they've made that very clear uh but mm -hmm. i think it's very funny that daddy mazepin thinks that like well if i if i just raise enough money and if i come in as like a strictly russian team that somehow that would work i, I don't Oof. know yeah it's such a weird uh um the the yachts disappearing is wild however having a tiny little bit of exposure to like yacht culture and the way that these folks move around <laughs> the world uh i am aware of the fact that those yachts have probably disappeared because they are in dry dock in another ship uh so uh, the way that a lot of uh people who have yachts uh move around the world is they literally dry dock their ship so they'll take their yacht and take it out of the water and then load it onto another ship itself and then that ship like will onto a barge of yeah. some kind and then okay. that barge will also have multiple other yachts in it and it'll be like oh you're going to uh valencia okay great well we're gonna throw your yacht in this container sh not container ship but barge uh basically like containment vessel and then climate control ship that thing across uh, the ocean so that you don't have to steam your million dollar, you know, or billion dollar yacht uh, with their crew across the ocean. Uh, so it's, there's a way for these yacht, uh, these, <laughs> these yacht owning oligarchs to kind of like hide their yachts in plain sight. Um, I mean, presumably in this, yeah, in this yacht space, I, I would imagine everybody has mm -hmm. lots of convoluted protocols for these exact sort of things. I imagine every yacht has like a safe room on board and, oh, yeah. and whatnot, yeah. you know, yeah. and yeah, uh, I guess to say that a yacht can spy hunter itself into a much larger boat is mm -hmm. not uh, without without reason that mm -hmm. makes uh makes a lot of sense jesus christ yeah, yeah. but there's also the uh, maybe maybe uh daddy mazepin has just overburdened his better fours and maybe they have decided hey you're too much of a problem um so we're just gonna like no one's ever gonna hear from you ever again um that's you know that's the power of 
a certain group of people on this planet is they can make people disappear and it's terrifying. Uh, so I won't name them specifically. Uh, but, you know, they uh, have that ability. And that's who Daddy Mazepin runs in, like, a very elite circle. And pretty much everyone in that circle has that ability. So, Oy. who knows? Who knows? Uh, maybe he'll, like, show up with, like, a very piss poor american accent uh and like a mustache or a beard and a 10 gallon hat in texas or something mm -hmm. like that and we'll be like hey yep. who's this guy why is this oh that's daddy mazepin masquerading as a texan uh yep i love it <laughs> yeah uh all right johnny so um this was a bit of a a, a down week for f1 this Finally, yeah, and, we've entered the off season. Finally, <laughs> yes, we finally entered the off season. And but yeah. before we do wrap up, I do want to just touch base with uh, the biggest ongoing story of the off season, which has been uh, Andretti Formula mm. One uh, trying to claw their way into the sport. There hasn't really been any major news there on on that front this week and i think it's you know it's sort of like a, okay they're gonna put their heads down and figure out how to how to get this connect and to connect and how to make it work without you know uh non-stop press releases but i'm sure we'll hear yeah. more developments very shortly the only murmur um that i caught was just a passing comment from mario andretti talking about uh how he is very confident that we will all see in some form or another Mick Schumacher return as a proper driver great in the sport uh which i which i thought was wonderful and 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 the fact that he was speaking Mick Schumacher's praises so highly mm -hmm. does make me want to speculate well does that mean that he is a uh you know the the second driver with a Andretti Cadillac team uh, maybe yeah. maybe not the wisest move because they will already in theory have one rookie in place and could use you know uh, more of an elder statesman yes to sit alongside uh but yes. uh but I, at the same time I'm, I'm never gonna complain about uh seeing mick given a, a proper shot at a seat no, of of course not. And it is that kind of like, hey, will this grease the wheels? Uh, everyone in F1 wants to have Schumacher back on the mm -hmm. grid, have a Schumacher back on the grid. And if we can get Mick back, and if that can be like the champion, you know, uh, if if he can be our champion uh, as as U.S. Dry, as like U.S. fans, then it's okay if he's not a U.S. driver. Uh, that's another person who I'd be like, yeah, sure, put him in the car. Uh, I will be a fan mm -hmm. of him. No matter where he ends up, I will be a fan of him. Uh, if he ends up at Andretti Cadillac and they end up on the grid, then that's absolutely someone I will root for. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, I, I, it's that, that feels almost a little bit desperate, and that doesn't – I don't like that. Uh, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I do, I like the prospect of having Mick back on the grid. I like the prospect of having an, mm -hmm. uh, a Formula One team that is based out of the U.S. It does matter how we go about it, though. <laughs> uh, so yep. Yep. Uh, there's yep, that. Yep. There is that. Um, that said, kudos, kudos to them for taking the hint and not doing another press release and being like, well, clearly we've 
angered some people with our press releases. And it's like, well, <laughs> yeah, stop, stop, stop doing them. <laughs> um, so, well, it's good that they've taken that note, I guess. Uh, but we'll see. We alert the press. We've been over alerting the press. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Oh, we won't. We won't contact any newspapers. We will just start up our own newspaper. Um, that's that would be a very American version of. Oh, okay. You don't want us to play? We will make our own playground right next to your playground. Uh, that, that will shadow yours. Uh, all right. What do you think, Johnny? Do you think the stock went up this week? Do you think it plateaued? Do you think it dipped? Where are we at this week? I'm going to say it's creeping up because uh, we're seeing uh, team principals taking shots at each other. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like every every layer of the sport seems like it's building up pressure to release some drama out into the world, which to yeah. me equals entertainment and that's always good for the american audience so i say it's 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 a it, we've gone from a plateau to a gentle increase mm-hmm. i agree i think that we are starting to creep up more and more uh haas is the only team to not announce their uh actual launch yes. date at this point yeah, yeah. so we have uh nine out of the ten teams have announced when they're going to be revealing uh at least their liveries Aston Martin has like taken a shot at Red Bull being like, we are going to release our real car uh, when, when mm. they unveil theirs. Uh, oh, there's also a tiny little bit of news on that front where they were like, oh yeah, Alonzo, this, this Aston Martin is going to be a serious car because Alonzo immediately jumped in uh, and was like, let me help you with, designing this car let me help you with developing this car before it is even unveiled uh so aston martin is like very confident that their challenger for the 2023 season not only will be the thing that they unveil but it will also be one that like maybe fighting for a podium i mean that's there were aston martins fighting for podiums last year in a couple of races and with Fernando Alonso, he is the person who makes a car a second faster. Uh, so if they've developed that vehicle, they have a good Mercedes power plant that is developing 16 more horsepower potentially right out of the gate. Um, I'm not sure if they're using the same. I don't think. I think actually that's not true because Aramco is the title sponsor for Aston Martin, not Petronas. So they will not have the same mm-hmm. horsepower uh, gains. They may have horsepower gains, but it won't be the same as uh, the Merc. But they'll be running Merc's engine, uh, which is very reliable. And they've got Fernando behind the wheel. They have a new design, apparently. So we'll see. Uh, that that That's something that could be uh, a cat amongst the pigeons. Uh, you know, with, with Fernando Alonso being a cat amongst the pigeons already, he may be like... Yes, yeah. Yeah, uh, exponentially adding more cats to that flock of pigeons. Uh, So we'll see. We will see. (laughs) All right, Johnny, where can the folks track you down out there in the world? Uh, You can always find me via my home base, which is johnnymotion.com or track me down on Twitter at the handle Johnny Motion. Corey, where can the folks find you? 
I am also on Twitter at BurnCoreyBurn, on all the social medias at BurnCoreyBurn. We got the F1 files on Twitter, the F1 files on TikTok, uh, the ghost town that is Instagram, uh, and then the uh, actual abandoned planet that is the F1 files on Reddit. Like, we've just abandoned that whole planet. We pulled up stakes, took off, um, didn't leave Matt Damon behind or anything. Uh, yeah, uh, but yes, uh, also, if you are so inclined, please tell a friend about this. Uh, rate, review, uh, and share these episodes around. We've got a new season of Drive to Survive coming up in like a month, so that's yep. going to be wild. Uh, I guess until the next time, you should try to catch up with us, and we will catch up with you on the F1 Files. That was good. Yeah, that was nice.